Welcome to Curtin University's Young Alumni Talks for Change podcast series. This series is created, hosted and narrated by Curtin Young Alumni for our young alumni. Talks for Change brings to you stories of Curtin's amazing young graduates from around the world who are inspiring social change within their communities. These are real stories by real grads, so sit back, plug in and be prepared to be inspired. We hope you enjoy this episode of Talks for Change. Hello listeners, welcome back to Talks for Change. I'm Sam Panica, your Talks for Change host, and I'm excited to introduce you to our guest for this episode, Alyssa Glory. Alyssa graduated from Curtin with a Bachelor of Commerce and a Bachelor of Arts, majoring in Marketing and Screen Arts in 2016. Alyssa has always had a passion for impact, working in startups and in marketing and sustainability consultancy roles during her studies and post-graduation, which gave her the inspiration and know-how to create her own startup enterprise, Moja. Moja is an underwear company that makes good hygiene a reality for everyone, especially through entrepreneurship, education and health projects. But before we find out more about Moja, I'd like to start off with a bit of an icebreaker. So Alyssa, what is your favourite memory of your time at Curtin? Uh, yeah, honestly, there's there's many, but uh, I remember at the end of our final film project, uh, we had a presentation night uh, at a cinema and we made a trailer for the cinema in which we all kind of threw this holly powder at each other uh, and it was so much fun. I think it was like 20 of us uh, who were in the film class and we just had a, a fun day outside amongst the pine trees at Curtin. That sounds like a pretty fantastic day. And what's the thing that you miss most about uni life? I think it's the experience of, of going through the same path as, as your friends, um, especially in film because we're a smaller cohort and on an exchange that I did in Sweden, it feels like you live together quite closely in proximity, you start something together, you're learning and facing challenges at the same time and supporting each other. And that's, I think, really wonderful to be in exactly the same life path as a group of people. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to have people that or things in common with people, especially your uni friends. So something you can take forward into the next stages of your career and your personal life as well. Thank you for that introduction and welcome to Talks for Change. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast. Um, I'm sure our listeners are really looking forward to learning more about Moja and the ideas behind it. But first, I'd love to hear about your journey post-graduation. Are you able to fill us in? Yeah, of course. Uh, so throughout my studies, I worked with a few small businesses and startups in the sustainability and impact space. And I absolutely loved it. I really believe that if you want to learn, the way to learn fast is with a small business or a startup. And in my studies, I kind of delved into the corporate and creative worlds and in work that really was able to collide uh, and I really found my place. Um, after graduating, I worked uh, with Draw History for a while in Perth, who are an incredible strategic agency for purpose-driven organisations. Um, but ultimately, I felt like with a downturn of the mining boom, a lot of resources were getting sucked out of the social enterprise ecosystem. And I just had this feeling that I could do more or that I was capable of more, but I didn't really know where to find it. 
So I uh, decided to change up my life a bit um, and moved to Europe and I landed in the Netherlands in Rotterdam, which is a, a really wonderful city full of doers. Uh, the city is really built on the slogan of make it happen and um, it has an impact ecosystem like I have never seen. <laughs> it's really wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I had a, an incredible time um, kind of, uh, yeah, in impact consulting and, and marketing consulting for quite a few organisations here, um, working from everything from renewable energy, refugee integration, decarbonisation, sustainable venture capital, um, and some of those projects led me to meet my co-founder, Tom, who had an underwear project at the time. And uh, we talked and Moja grew out of that. Fantastic. It sounds like you've really found your place over in Rotterdam. Can you tell us a bit more about Moja? So firstly, what it is and then what your role is and where the concept, especially to operate in Tanzania, came from and how you and Tom kind of worked together to make it all happen. Yeah. So Moja is a social impact underwear company. We produce underwear for both men and women. Uh, it's ethically made in Portugal and the cotton is sourced from Turkey. Uh, what's special is that for every pair sold, we ensure that a pair of underwear or a usable pad is made locally in Tanzania. And it's made by someone with a distance to the labor force um, and distributed in local schools alongside health and hygiene workshops. So we started um, because on a, on a trip to Tanzania, we realized that not all the children were wearing underwear and a follow-up trip, uh, we were kind of talking to community leaders about the need for sanitary products in the area too. Um, a lot of children, if they don't have access to these products, don't attend school. Uh, a lot of girls don't even leave bed during menstruation. And it's something that affects uh yeah, risk of infection, but also confidence and eventually education. Um, but I guess alongside this, we, we also saw a lot of flaws in traditional philanthropy models. Um, there are one-for-one -one uh, projects out there that often dump a product on a community or they can be products produced in, um, in supply chains that are riddled with modern slavery and environmental destruction and then brought to another place as a, as a way of doing good. And we didn't want to go down that path. Um, so we wanted to, to flip this model on its head and start something that was developed and run by local people. Uh, and also that created a micro economy for, uh, for women to start their own businesses and sewing as well. And I think the last part of that question, what my role is, uh, we work with a small team, so I make sure we have the team to, uh, to make all of our projects happen. Uh, I work mostly on the impact evaluation and the marketing of the company as a whole. Um, but being a startup, it can be everything uh, that, that is needed any day. <laughs> no, that all sounds incredible. It sounds like you're really hands-on and you've done your research, so you're not just giving back for the sake of it. You're doing targeted giving back to the communities who need it the most and making sure that your supply chains are traceable and that you can create that end-to-end -end impact, as you said. Um, so building on that, 
The creation of long-lasting social impact through entrepreneurial decision-making alongside a sustainable health project and education opportunities ticks a lot of sustainability boxes. How did you come up with this multi-level business platform and kind of think that I have the skills to make this actually happen? So I think we always try to look at everything from every angle. Uh, looking at our impact models, we what we do is we train local people and mostly women or people with a disability in sewing and entrepreneurship. And as a, a customer of theirs, I guess, uh, we buy underwear and reusable sanitary pads from them, which I guess accelerates their personal development and lets them start a business uh, outside of what we're doing as Moja as well. Um, as an example, one of the one of our sewers, we call her Mama Ismail. Uh, she, in her late thirties, was able to open her first ever bank account and also buy a new mattress to sleep on with the income that she made. Um, yeah, in in making in sewing underwear and reusable sanitary pads, um, and we hope. I think she started and we hope that she'll be able to find other customers as well as us. Uh, yeah, elsewhere in Tanzania. Um, the products being distributed at schools is also a big ind- impact indicator. Um, many students don't own underwear or only own one pair of underwear. And there's also a really big taboo on menstrual health, uh, as there is globally, but uh, especially uh, in this region and in the rural kind of areas in, in Tanzania. Um, without access to these, as I mentioned, a lot of girls don't attend school and don't even leave bed during menstruation. Uh, we've heard that they use a scrap piece of fabric or a a towel, and in some cases even leaves, um, during menstruation. And now with, with products, we hope that they have the opportunity to attend school. And we also work with the school so that reusable sanitary pads can be washed and dried at the school. Um, and that they learn more about menstrual health, not only in a scientific, but also in a social context um, and in a really safe space that allows um, people to talk to each other openly. And that's educating boys and girls on that topic as well, uh, which is really important. Um, On the other hand, we didn't want to be a company that helped some people at the expense of others. Um, So I I guess the most famous example is producing a women's empowerment t-shirt with a empowering slogan that's produced uh, with child labor or in a sweatshop or something like that. Um, I I think we realized that a lot of these well-intentioned efforts simply are not cutting it and we wanted to rethink. So we work to create the most ethical production of underwear possible with what's available to us. Um, it's produced in Portugal. We consider labor, water, energy, and waste uh, quite a lot. And we're not perfect in this process by any means, but we're also, yeah, constantly improving. And we're really transparent on it, uh, about it on our website. Um, so we, we really do love questions about this and criticism. And we, we love hearing what our customers care about because it gives us the opportunity to change. And I think in all of this, that mindset of learning has helped us so much so far and will continue to help us in the future. For sure. It's such an important um, discussion and topic that does often have that taboo across the globe. And to hear that you guys are 
thinking about it from so many different angles and trying to make a genuine change and constantly changing the way that you do things and considering other aspects which wouldn't traditionally come to mind is really inspirational for all our listeners today. Um, So speaking of the website, I found the poignant messaging quite enjoyable and impactful. Um, So people buy things every day and I loved your idea to use that kind of power to catalyse change. Um, how did you come up with the idea to go beyond consumption power to include education in the business model for Moja? I guess there's two things that I could reflect on here. Uh, the first being the current state of the world and business. And there's this wonderful quote, I think it's from Martin Luther King, and he says, philanthropy is commendable, but it should not allow the philanthropist to overlook the economic injustice that makes philanthropy necessary. Um, So this model of like businesses do the damage and philanthropists fix it, it is not sustainable. It really relies on a donation model, which is very fragile and vulnerable um, because it relies on, uh, I guess, what I would call convenient empathy. Um, This idea that people only care or only donate when they want to or when it's convenient to them. Um, And maybe something that uh, the current pandemic has taught us is how fragile that model actually is. Um, And the second thing is that we don't realise how wealthy and privileged we are. Um, I mean, I I still tick off a few uh, kind of, yeah, disadvantaged boxes, I guess, with a a migrant background in the Netherlands, being a woman, uh, first generation high school and university educated. But ultimately, I eat three meals a day and I have a bank account and uh, yeah, in most of my life I volunteered, but I never regularly donated my income. Um, And I think that's power. There is power in that. If we want to make impact a given um, and I, I really think we can create change without people having to try too hard or inconvenience themselves too much. Uh, at the end of the day, they're just buying underwear and they're buying underwear because of a wonderful story. And we as Moja, but also every business has this exciting and brilliant opportunity to do something more. So why aren't they, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And I think COVID has really highlighted that the fast fashion paradigms and the things that we've taken for granted just aren't really that sustainable and there are other ways of doing things so for me I know I've definitely found that the conversations I've had with other Talks for Change guests have kind of opened my eyes and shifted my way of thinking about things even just that level of extra thought when you go to the shops and thinking about what goes into a product rather than just looking at the price or the design of it Um, and I know that's definitely a trend across social media that we're seeing play out a lot more as well in the advertising that we're seeing and the messaging that companies are having to put out these days. Absolutely. And I think curiosity and asking questions can really just take things so far in the right direction. For sure. It's like you said, that mindset of always wanting to learn and be receptive to feedback and other ways of doing things. Um, Now, we had a quick discussion when I was initially gauging your interest to participate in Talks for Change. And I think you've hit a milestone recently with over 3,000 products distributed to over 1,000 children and five local workers upskilled in sewing and entrepreneurship. What has the uptake of Moja's offerings been in the local communities? 
Um, and can you tell, talk about your process in reaching out to potentially interested parties? Yeah, it's been a wonderful launch. We're actually less than a year old uh, and, and a lot has happened uh, since launching in September. We, I guess, first of all, we underestimated the uh, impact of starting a company in the middle of a pandemic, uh, but we've definitely stayed on our feet and are growing very organically. Um, we sell underwear on our web shop, but also through some sustainable fashion retail partners. Um, and I, I think there's a mixture of people coming to us and us coming to them in terms of partnerships and sales and things like that. Uh, we have a big focus on marketing, on growing our community and sharing our story. And we really try to engage people on our social media platforms, um, Instagram and Pinterest and things like that uh, to really, I don't know, have, have a conversation and make it feel like a, a chat rather than a, a platform to like push a message. Uh, and I think what's important now is that we scale. Uh, we're entirely self-funded up until now. My co-founder and I funded the first production and the team has worked voluntarily. Uh, and we're, midst, we're in the midst of securing our first investment at the moment, um, which I guess all of this marketing and sales and, and money discussion what it does come down to is our impact in Tanzania and hopefully eventually elsewhere as well. Um, so we've distributed 3,000 products now and we have a wonderful sewing team in Tanzania and a wonderful education team, a new education booklet and framework. Um, and what we need to expand that further is the growth of the company in itself. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, it's making the time at the moment very exciting. For sure. And that's a huge achievement to have your products go so far in under a year. Um, and now in terms of expansion, ideally, what comes next for Moja? And are you looking to expand beyond Tanzania? Yeah, so we'll use that investment mostly to grow our marketing, uh, change our production process with a bigger focus on sustainability. And thirdly, to grow the team but also to explore new products and that could be new underwear styles or different products in the realm of basics. We have some ideas, uh, but I'm not going to reveal too much. Um, on the impact side, we would like to launch a product in a different city or country or continent. Um, we really believe in the model that we've created and with a lot of feedback and testing, we think it's a model we can test in different settings, whether that be a community in Tanzania or a refugee reception center in Lebanon or, you know, in, in Sri Lanka, anywhere. Um, we think it's replicable and impactful in many settings, as long as it can be run and organized by local people. And ultimately uh, reaching good hygiene and avoiding period poverty are challenges that are felt globally. So I believe the impact that we have uh, and, and that we can have is not going to diminish anytime soon. For sure. And while we've got a huge alumni community that's outside of Australia, can your products be bought in Australia and shipped here yet? No, but we are working on it. Um, the best thing that you could do is to follow us on social media. Uh, our Instagram is at MojaWear, so M-O-J-A-W-E-A-R. Um, it's actually on my to-do list this week and next week to uh, find a shipping partner that will uh, take us to Australia. So maybe soon uh, we'll be able to. 
Excellent. Well, we'll definitely keep watching this space and listeners, if you haven't already, engage with Moja on social media and keep up to date with their latest company information. Now, Elisa, before you go, um, thank you so much for your time today, especially with the time difference between here and the Netherlands. Um, I've really enjoyed discussing the ideas behind Moja and the important work and positive impact that you're creating across so many different levels. Now, we like to end our podcast with advice from one alumni to others. So is there a piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes. I think the biggest piece of advice I could give and the way that I find uh, or the, the mindset that I find best for myself is to decide what kind of person you want to be and be integral to that. Uh, the best people in the world, in, in my opinion, are the people who... Um, who do what they say they're going to do, <laughs> uh, which is so simple and, yeah, yet so powerful. Um, we all have an opportunity to shape ourselves and to shape the lives of other people and to shape the world. And if you're integral to your dreams and goals and vision, then there's no reason why that can't happen. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alyssa. It's been really great having you on the show today. You are such an inspiration and I can't wait to see what comes next for you and for Moja. It's incredible the work that you're doing and we'll definitely have to stay in touch. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. So listeners, we've reached the end of today's Talks for Change episode. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next Talks for Change podcast and don't forget to follow our socials and connect with the team. Thank you. If you think that you or another Curtin graduate under 35 has an amazing story to tell or are interested in being part of Talks for Change, drop us a line at youngalumni.curtin.edu.au.